This is Paul Nobles from Eden Forum, and I am here with my trusty colleagues, Carolyn Mele and Becky Avara, both of which are um, coaches for Eden Forum. Actually, Becky is the lead for all of our coaches within Eden Forum, so she's a good person within Eden Forum to become very cool with. Uh, she knows all the secrets. So, uh, I want to jump right in. It's my daughter's birthday, so I want to make sure that uh, we get in and out relatively quick because we have reservations afterwards. So today's topic, uh, one, get any questions that you have. There's a very small group uh, of people. If you're not watching this on YouTube, the um, that just if you have any questions, just throw those in chat. Carolyn's going to show you where to do that and try and get those in early because obviously, like I said, um, we're pressed for time and we also have a lot of things that we want to cover in a very short period of time. So uh, let's jump right in. One of the things that we're going to talk about right out the gate is uh, why the days vary within each form. And so it's a question that people often bring to us, and I'm still getting text messages from Becky um, from a few minutes ago when my internet was down, but it's a question that we get, do my workouts need to correspond with the days? And the answer to that is no. The days are very related to carbohydrates, um, related to lower carb days occasionally, uh, for some reason, as people are entering into the Zoom call, it's it's slowing the connection. So hopefully it doesn't end up being too bad on the podcast. But the, the days vary because what we're trying to do is push your body to use more carbohydrates efficiently on certain days and more fats efficiently. The concept is called metabolic flexibility. But in reality, what we did was we created sort of by accident, the ability to find your lowest weight within the week. And that was one of the things that we sort of figured out afterwards that if we could move people's calories up and down as coaches, we could get better information from you as it relates to what your weight is. And so usually what you'll see, um, if you're not familiar with the e-deform world, and all of this is going to be a little bit confusing, but it's not that confusing, right? There's, there's two low carbohydrate days and the rest are varied carbohydrate days. Um, some are a little bit higher, allow for a little bit more flexibility. Um, some are, the majority of the days kind of sit right in the middle. At the end of the day, the most important thing is calorie average, right? And so when we look at calorie average, that is going to be the big thing. But then you go, well, why can't I just eat, you know, 1,635 calories? In theory, you could, but we wouldn't get the best information to actually move your plan as you need to go. So we found this way to be much more efficient. The other thing, too, that's really interesting is that when you go to the two-day um, system, there's kind of two days that are lower carbohydrate and lower calorie. And those days do kind of suck a little bit, right? But it's better to have two days that don't, that suck 
than having seven days that suck. And so when we look at the ability to work out, having five days with higher energy, that's going to be favorable for all of your workouts, mental health, you know, a lot of things that are super, super positive. Now, let's be real here. If you're eating less, and that's really the most of the discussion that we're kind of having related to fat loss, certainly it still matters in PR. I mean, if you're, if you're following, I know some people are going to listen to this podcast six months from now, and they're going to be like, I don't know what he's talking about, but I'm in AP right now, which is essentially very similar to PR where calories are sort of normal. My calories right now are 3,300 calories. Well, it's still important for me to be able to push those calories down on certain days so I can hit the goals that my coaches need to hit so that I can then get the, the bumps in the food that I need to keep kind of pushing my metabolism. So then when I do end up moving to fat loss too, I lose the most weight possible. So um, that's one of the big reasons why I think very. So do your workouts need to correspond with the higher days? This is an interesting part. And I say it's interesting because when I tell people that my highest day is typically a rest day, usually blows their mind, right? Because how did this all happen? Well, there was some science related to the anabolic window. And that anabolic window kind of dominated bodybuilding for a very long time. And it's not wrong per se, but what we found scientifically later on was that it was sort of overblown that if you're like Usain Bolt, it's probably really important for you to kind of get that extra tenth of a second on your, your sprints. But if you're a lawyer from Poughkeepsie, kind of overrated. The more important part is, are you working out with nutrients that are loaded? So you go, well, so if you're resting on the day that you're eating the most food, when are your biggest workouts? And typically my biggest workouts come the days after that, right? So I have all this energy. That's the day I'm eating the 3,300 calories. Hopefully we're getting up to 4,000 calories really soon. It's not that I necessarily am trying to earn my food, but what I will tell you is that sessions that normally last like an hour and a half, now you can start to push to two hours, right? Um, some of it's organic. I mean, you're not necessarily, like I said, trying to earn food, but, but you know, if you're feeling great, and you're getting good pump style workouts, or, you know, in my case, in Carolyn's case, pickleball, you know, now all of a sudden, instead of doing a two hour session, you're doing a three hour session. Last Saturday, maybe it was two Saturdays ago, I did a five hour session, right? And part of it was because we were like the last two. And so as people came in, they were like, well, we really need two people. And so we were the only two people left. So we, we did it because I had that energy sort of stored up from my higher calorie days, it was a lot easier to kind of push that forward. But most importantly, 
is that when, so, okay, so let me jump back. Why has it been so prevalent for so long to do double, double carbohydrates to protein around your workouts? Well, if you think about the way Edeform works compared to the way that most systems work is most systems have your calories low for a very long period of time and you don't know when that's going to end. We do not work that way. So because your calorie average most of the time is higher, you don't necessarily need to have a shake in this proportion. I mean, the good majority of the time, if you're a woman and you've been prescribed 1,100 calories by someone else, you're going to work out all the time just so you can have that shake, right? And so it sets up this negative relationship with food. But that's the origin of that. You know, um, the good majority of the time, I do not have really any um, pre or post workout stuff. Um, the majority of the time, I am conscious about when I'm eating my snacks and lunches and things of that nature. But for, for the most part, unless it's like the lowest end of fat loss, I don't need to worry about it. Right. And, you know, for those that haven't been following, you know, it's really been about seven years since I've even done a fat loss cycle. So the good majority of the time, I don't have to worry about energy or, or energy needs or anything like that. The other part was, how we came up with it, right? So how we came up with it, like I said, it was totally by accident that we figured out when your lowest days were. And, and I want everybody that's hearing that to understand it's not a perfect system, but it's the best system that exists, right? No other, pro like for instance, if you're just eating 1400 calories, there's just no way that within those 1400 calorie days that you would be able to predict what your lowest weight would be. Pushing carbohydrates on certain days, pushing fats shows your coach, allows your coach to coach you better. But here's why it really happened, how we stumbled upon this idea in the first place. We were doing it the way that everyone else did it. And so we were giving people high, medium and low days um, at that point, we weren't really focused on super days. Um, and super days basically are the days that, that you're eating most flexibly. So the calories are highest, both your fats and carbohydrates are high on that day. And we know that scientifically, pushing your metabolism in that way is favorable for continued weight loss over time. So, you know, a lot of people will use that as a cheat day. Um, in my view, cheat days are bad um, for a lot of reasons, but the biggest reason is that they can go off the rails and derail your plan. Um, even, even one day, you know, you end up getting gaining six pounds, mentally, that's not gonna be really good for you, right? So we added that as part of the plan, and then we added, more positive language. The things that we say to ourselves are important. And so, you know, you don't cheat on your wife, you don't cheat on your taxes, you shouldn't cheat on your, your meals. Um, the, the thing about cheat meals, it sets up this scenario where dieting is the answer. 
And, you know, the core of Egypt Forum is that dieting chronically is the problem. So we don't want to be cuddling up to this bad language, right? We want to show that it can be part of the plan. We'll, you know, like even, you know, sometimes people will look at the pictures that I show on my super day and they go, well, how are you factoring that in? The good majority of the time you're, you're estimating that, right? So, you know, you're going to have to find just the best entries that you can find and then kind of fit that into whatever your plan is. And I will say I'm going to macro Tetris probably a little bit more on my super day than I would on any other day, right? So kind of keep that in mind. Um, but the original origin story of it was when we were giving people three sets of numbers, people would ask a question like, well, I ran a half marathon. Is that a low day or a medium day? And we would try to explain to them, which honestly at that point was kind of theoretical, um, how all of it worked together. And then once we started to get, I mean, you got to realize some of this stuff is 10 years in the making. I was actually just reading um, a, a book from an author that I respect. And I'm not going to tell you who it is because honestly, the book, Felt like it was written 10 years ago. We're all doing things so much better than the suggestions that they're making. And so, you know, we're guessing a lot less. We have actual data based on. So I'm not going to recommend a book that is based on kind of these ideas where everybody's guessing. We're assuming that everyone's eat, overeating all the time, which we, we know not to be true in the last 10 years. And so that's a big factor. So what would happen is, is people would come in and say, um, you know, I had a half marathon today. Is that a low day? And so we were like, you know what? If we don't put this in place, they will never do it because we would see plans and it would just be low day, low day, low day, low day. And then, you know, you're kind of missing the whole eat to perform part. I mean, there was a part of eat to perform. I mean, you know, these were the dark days for me um, and for, you know, the program in general, where we had to really put our foot down and say, you can't say you're a neat performer if you're just doing seven low days a week, right? And what we found was this was a much better system. We had a much better way of sort of predicting and then once we kind of factored that in um, with more specifics, we had a lot of, you know, a lot of, lot of guinea pigging early on, but we, we, were, we were doing things with a really good model, right? A much better model than anything that existed previously. Like as an example, the book that I was just talking about, we were already way ahead of that model, right? That model basically looks a lot like Weight Watchers or it looks a lot like something like Noon, you know. Um, one great example would be they were given a formula for how much weight you have to lose and then you would come up with the time related to that. Well, the problem with that formula, <coughs> excuse me, hold on one second. The problem with that formula 
is that if you have a lot of weight to lose, you can run up against a wall related to plateaus and things of this nature that you will not be able to get through. And so what we know, the system that we've created actually creates windows. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about here in one second. Um, Carolyn, can you just jump in and, and explain to people about the questions while I cough? Yeah, you can just pop questions if you have anything into the um, chat area here. Um, I do have one from Sherry Paul. I don't know if you wanted to answer that. Um, she's asking, what's your opinion on fasted workouts? I've been reading it is bad, but then others say it is a good thing. Okay, so I will get to that, but I want to get through this other part first. Okay, so how did we come up with six weeks? Um, once again, we had trial and error with six weeks. And in theory, uh, four weeks, three times would be better, right? And so that's what we initially tried. Uh, we tried four weeks. And what we were finding was that when we did four weeks, people would get around eight to 10 pounds of weight loss, which was good, you know? Um, it was occasionally we would see 12 pounds. But what we started to find was that not everyone stalled that four weeks. And often we could kind of push people to the more aggressive zones for the last two weeks. And then they would lose an additional two to four pounds. Now, there's going to be an interesting part that I'm going to talk about here in just a second, where we're still learning. We're still kind of bringing new things to the table, but they're new and better things, right? We're not going backwards. Um, what we found, though, was we could get people, you know, eight to 10 pounds of, of loss. Then we could move their calories back to normal, but oftentimes it would take you know, as long or longer to get them back to normal. And then in the second one, you know, we would lose four to six pounds and it was sort of setting up this kind of rinse and repeat scenario over the course of maybe a year, right? So like, as an example, if fat loss one was four weeks and we end up, you know, the first, the person ended up losing kind of a low end, kind of eight in the first time, and then maybe five the second time, it just wasn't enough, right, for them to be able to fade that for a long period of time. So we were starting to see people come into fat loss more and more often. And that's when we, we weren't even there very long. Um, one thing we definitely found, and, and we found with six weeks also, is that there is no third. Um, I mean, irrespective of the person every time we go to the third we regret it um to the point where we just don't do it anymore we just know what works and what doesn't and what, what i think happens is that one the the effect on your metabolism after four to six weeks is stark we know that metabolism adjusts scientifically within two weeks and so that's why we're adjusting and tiering the plan as we go. So basically, 
We found six weeks was a little bit better because you could kind of push people. But more importantly, you could get 10 to 12 loss and then eight to 10 loss in fat loss too. But I want to talk about the eight to 10 in fat loss too, because that's the part where we're sort of helping things along and we're learning new and better things as we go. But we've always kind of known this piece, right? Because we've done it many times. One of the things that we've seen in many of your files over and over again, especially in the holidays, was we would have somebody that started fat loss in October. And more often than not, what we'd see is they would lose 10 to 12 pounds. And then you would try to get them to, to go into fat loss too, let's say December 15th. And there's just no way that they were going to make it through the holidays unscathed. And so you would just have this disaster scenario. And so, so very quickly, we started just extending AP for these people. And then what we found because we did that was that was more favorable. I'm currently pushing this, right? Because if you think about it, many of you would kind of like to be a little bit more flexible. Not all of you. So, you know, there I, I've done, a fat, it's been a while, but I've done a fat loss cycle in the summer and it is fine, right? Um, but it's just kind of person dependent, but many people would like to be more flexible for the summers. And so what I'm sort of showing people right now, pushing my calories up to 4,000, remember there's two things that, that factor in. It's not just calories going up, it's calories going up over time. And so my fat loss ended, and I wanna say around May 15th, right? And so now I'm taking a prolonged AP cycle. This is something you can communicate to your coach and to the adjustment team. And what I think you're going to see is that the longer you can do it, the higher you can get those numbers. The problem is, is that people start to freak out when, you know, two to three pounds start to come back and then they want to tighten their grip. When I'm doing it, I'm looking at three to five. Um, I'm actually might even be a little bit, might, might move to like four to six mentally um, because I just added creatine back. And so um, there may be a little bit of water retention as it relates to creatine, but overall, I know that creatine is going to be favorable in terms of leanness, power production, or uh, energy production, things of that nature over time. Um, the only reason I had stopped was because I was using creatine salts, which in theory load a little bit better, but I was getting off of them because of blood pressure. And so Susan recommended that I just move to monohydrate. So I've moved to monohydrate and I've brought creatine back. Um, creatine, Susan and I are going to talk about this a little bit also, but there's a lot of uh, neural benefits from having creatine. And so we'll get into that into a future podcast. But creatine, I know people freak out about it because you know you add a little bit of bloating, but at the end of the day, um, that bloating often makes you more lean, not less lean, right? And so there's always 
you know, kind of these what ifs about that way of thinking, but it's always going to be more favorable and not less favorable. And so um, that's how we landed on six weeks. Right now, we're in the process of understanding that AP, you know, we, we knew for a long time we could put people in the holidays and then in their fat loss too, they were losing more weight. We've known that for quite some time. But the reason why we built things into about a three and a half month window is because that's what most of you want. You want to get in and get out. But what I think you really want is to get in, get the most amount of weight loss. So if, for instance, if we can extend that window instead of three to six, but in that six, there's about a three and a half month window where you're not dieting and then you don't have to diet for the next three years, well, that's gonna be more favorable. So that's, you're, 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 what we're doing, I mean, Becky told me this the other day, and it's something I hadn't really thought about in a long, long time. The way that Econform is created is not by Paul Nobles, not by the directives of Paul Nobles, it's by Carolyn and Becky and all the staff and what we see and we communicate about, you know, through these processes. The one thing that we've done that is demonstrably different, that is no one else in the industry does this in any way, shape or form similar to what we do. In AP, which is the reset, if you're not familiar with this, it's the period between, this is what we're talking about, having a little bit more extended, it's a period between fat loss one and fat loss two. It is not optional to not have food move back to normal. What does that mean? That means that every single review, your coach, if your weight's stable, is giving you food. How much food? Right around 170 calories. That does not exist. That never existed before you need to perform. There has not been a program similar to that. The only, the only way that you would ever get a program similar to that would be to pay a really well-respected bodybuilder, registered dietitian, you know, $2,000 a month. Previous to that, it did not exist. The only reason why it exists now is because I didn't feel like people needed to pay that to get that kind of information. And every single well-respected person within the industry knows that, you know, food needs to go up. Now, we've pushed that barrier way beyond anyone, what anybody thought could be done. Um, but we've also found out that that's more favorable. We've also found out that many of you would rather push things a little bit more, that you're okay with two to three pounds of fluctuation, as long as it means that instead of losing six pounds in fat loss two, you lose 12 pounds or, or 15, right? Because I can tell you for fact, I'm at 3,300 calories right now. You know, I usually stay at about 3,000 to 3,500. I know for a fact I was not eating 4,000 calories, right? And so if I wasn't eating 4,000 calories and I lost 12,000, um, 12 pounds in fat loss one. Well, 
I have a good shot at losing 12 to 15 in fat loss too. And so I think all of our real goals are to be a little uncomfortable, right? For, for six week increments. And then the majority of the time be, be, um, comfortable eating food there is a level you know anyone that's doing this knows that there's a discomfort related to to numbers being high i don't know that on the other side once i'm out of fat loss too that i'm going to necessarily bump my calories up you know to to four thousand again you know it's a lot of work especially when you're eating mostly whole unprocessed minimally processed foods even minimally processed foods you know um I, I just, you know, I had, uh, yesterday I had yogurt and, and grape nuts um, in my food log. I, I just couldn't eat that. You know, it, I mean, it's just, it's so, so nutrient dense that it just was difficult to eat. And so I think I ended up doing like some pistachios and, and something else as a replacement. And so it, it gets to be, you know, work when your calories are this high. So I don't know that on the other end, once I reach my goals, I'm going to probably be a little less aggressive, but it's not because I'm scared of gaining weight. You know, it's simply because I want to kind of live in a less rigid way and also not have to, um, you know, eat six, seven meals a day. I mean, I'm going to show you when I'm eating 4,000 calories, what that looks like. And you're going to go, wow, you must be eating all day long. And yes, that is going to be the answer. And then you go, well, why would you do that? It's because I want to lose the most weight. When you see what happens, when you look at what happens in September, it's all going to make sense. And logically, you kind of know it already, right? You know that the person that was eating 3,000 calories loses more weight than the person eating 1,700 calories. And this is why most of you have been stalled all along. And not only am I going to show you me, I'm going to show you other coaches and what they're doing and why it's so important. And so um, I've already got somebody lined up for tomorrow. We've got some people lined up for the weeks coming up. And um, we're going to try it a lot of different ways to really kind of get the point across because I know what's going to happen. People are going to say, well, you're a man. So that's why the rules don't apply to me. Right. So I'm going to put, you know, a woman in front of you and then you're going to go, well, you know, it's not the right woman. That woman is active, right? I have menopause. And then I put a menopause person in front of you and then you go, you know, there's another reason, right? Because, because that person lives in Dallas and, and I live in Maine. So obviously there's something different at some point, right? I'm going to hit the right person for you, but I'm just going to keep showing you. There's a lot of people that say, you know, well, different rules apply to different people. And that's kind of true, but most people use that with a reductionist mindset rather than an abundant mindset. And so when you use it with an abundant mindset, you can actually test your ideas. When you use it as a reductionist idea, it just kind of ends up being kind of a reason why you can't succeed. And we just haven't found that, right? The good majority of people 
do respond, but they have to go through the process, right? And they have to work through the various situations. And so I think at least the feedback that I'm getting is that me showing people is inspiring them to be less fearful. And so I'm going to show you more people that will inspire you to be less fearful. And I'm not going to just show you that. I'm going to show you some fat loss. I'm going to show you some different ideas there too, because I want to show you the full picture, right? I, you know, I haven't decided whether I'm going to do this or not, because I, I don't want people to do things that they don't fully understand, right? But I do think at some point, you know, um, I have shared what my lowest calories were. Right now, my my lowest calories right now are, I believe, 1,200 calories more than my lowest calorie day in fat loss. And that was five weeks ago, right? So this, this is stuff that the diet industry doesn't know. And, you know, one of the things that, that kind of always troubles me is, you know, everyone thinks that they have science on their side. If you don't know this, you don't have science on your side, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying that in a negative way, but, you know, if you always think of less as the answer, it's kind of the whole, you know, if you're a hammer, the only thing, everything you see is a nail. That's the scenario here, right? Is that if you're building your company around constant deficits and constant ideas related to deficits, the thing that I just said to you related to, three cycles don't work. There's many companies out there that have been put that information out there for the last 10 years. And I can tell you for definite fact, it does not work, right? Or the it might work for milking like two to three pounds, right? But a lot of that is just dehydration over time, right? It's not real fat loss. So kind of keep that in mind. All right, so Carolyn, let's run through the questions real quick, but I think we covered a lot of ground there and hopefully um, it's insightful for everyone, but we're gonna, we're doing a lot of really cool stuff right now that I'm really proud of. And um, I'm just really excited that all of you are responding to it well. Okay, so Sherry had a question. Um, what's your opinion on fasted workouts? I've been reading um, it is bad, but then others say it is good. So one thing that is 100% true related to fasted workouts is it makes you more insulin sensitive. What does that mean? So insulin resistance is basically what diabetes is, right? And so um, insulin sensitivity is the opposite of that. And so what you want to be able to do, so when you have diabetes, you're insulin resistant. Some people are levels of insulin resistant. We're all some level of insulin resistant at times. There were some level of insulin sensitive at times. It does increase insulin sensitivity. What does that mean? What that means is that the meal that you eat after your faster workouts does load into place a little bit more efficiently. So that's a good thing. Um, there are receptors, GLUT4 receptors that are shown 
to be more active post-workout. So as you're eating that food, once again, it's kind of doing the right thing. Doesn't need insulin to load. So it ends up being a, a, a net positive. There's been a lot of people have tried to hack that whole idea. Um, for the most part, science has sort of proven that that's overrated, um, that using insulin versus not using insulin. Uh, and I'm talking about the, the, the insulin that your body naturally produces. Um, it, your body does figure it out over time. Um, is it bad? I do not believe it's bad, right? Is it good? Good is overrated in my view. So here's how I would view it as someone that does work out fasted, right? If I work out before 9 a.m., I work out fasted. Now, technically, I'm not working out fasted because I did have carbohydrates from the night before, right? If I go into let's say 12 or 1 p.m. and work out at that point. And typically, if I get past nine o'clock, I'm going to eat. Is there advantage if you don't? All it's basically doing, the reason why it gives you a false positive, the reason why the people that like it like it a lot is because your body is naturally lower in weight, right? So like, if you think about it, let's just think about it with the most extreme. So you don't eat, you don't drink anything and you work out. Well, you're gonna weigh less, right? Especially if you go to the bathroom, right? There's all these factors. I mean, at the end of the day, right? We're just talking about water and waste. And so if you're sweating, things of this nature, you're gonna weigh less. So it sends this false positive because we all want to weigh less, right? Even me, even Becky, even Carolyn, we kind of like to weigh less, right? It's favorable for us. Um, the problem that you run into though, right? Is now, you know that you're a little bit more insulin sensitive. So everything that you eat after that loads better. The water that you drink in that meal also loads better. So the carbohydrates, all the things, they, they go into your cells more efficiently and your weight comes back kind of aggressively. So if, let's say you, you and I've done this many times, um, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, definitely do not do the, yeah, I, I, please, <laughs> let's just use some logic here, folks. Um, don't um, avoid drinking water. Don't avoid drinking coffee. I was just giving an example. Um, but I have done it, right, where I'm mostly fasted, maybe had some coffee. You know, you could have espresso. You know, you don't have to have like a thermos mug of coffee. Um, and yeah, if you weigh yourself, you weigh three pounds less, right? But your food loads more efficiently. And over time, it's not super positive. So why would you do it? Because it's comfortable for you, right? And so why wouldn't you do it? It's because there's no need to force discomfort onto yourself when at the end of the day, it's gonna come down to how much food you're eating, how many macros you're consuming anyway, right? So 
The only reason to do it would be one, to manage your meals, two, if you're more comfortable that way, um, then yes, it's favorable. But if you're trying to lose more weight or something of that nature, it's not really, it doesn't do that. And so um, kind of keep that in mind. Okay, Rachel is asking, do calories drop on an ongoing basis during fat loss cycles? Or do you just drop the calories to a level that a person would maintain through the whole cycle? So it drops up to three times. And so um, I think that answers your question. The, um, no, it doesn't continuously drop. We don't just go from, you know, 1600 as an example, all the way to zero. Um, we are, and, and oh, by the way, one of the reasons why we don't is because the benefits go away. You know, um, in fact, even at the lowest levels, you know, a lot of the times the juice doesn't end up being worth the squeeze, right? And so um, the good majority of the weight that you will lose in fat loss should happen immediately. And if it doesn't happen immediately, the coach or the adjustment team is gonna to talk to you fast, right? And we're gonna try and get you into a place where your calories go back to normal because that is gonna be the best formula. What we don't want you to do is spin your wheels trying to lose a bunch of weight when it just becomes a, a, another version of the bad version you've been doing. Right, and we know the good version. We know the version that works, and so it's more important to get you into the right mindset in that regard. And so the good, the good majority of the weight that you're going to lose is going to be early on. The good majority of the fat you're going to lose is later, right? And so that's the part that sucks, but it's also the part that's really necessary. And a lot of times, what you'll end up seeing is you'll see your best recomp when your weight isn't moving at all, right? And so kind of keep that in mind that, that you know, as you get to that part, I mean, you've lost, you know, let's say that you, within three weeks, you're, you're down six pounds, right? And you're feeling great and, and you're really super motivated, but then it really starts to slow. Weight loss starts to slow in the next three weeks. That's when you're losing the fat, right? The water, of course, is good because, you know, once we get rid of the water, now we can move to the fat part. And, um, but what you want to be able to do in terms of fat loss, so, so why wouldn't you just struggle, right, and, and lose more fat? Well, once again, we know that your body adjusts to that as early as two weeks, which is why we tear down. But there gets to be a point of diminishing returns. And, um, the point of diminishing returns, honestly, is in that four to six week window. Now, are there some people that are still losing weight? Yes. And we do allow them to continue losing weight. But if you're at six weeks and you just think that, you know, here's a scenario that happens often where people want to continue on is they had a, a thing come up week four and their weight isn't moving but they had that one day 
right, where they had kind of more calories than they normally would. And so they asked their coach to continue on. If it's fat loss two, we might. Fat loss one is no point, right? This idea that you can acutely affect your weight based on one meal is a fairy tale. And we have to get away from that mentality because it's making us make bad decisions. And then those bad decisions, you know, I, I made a video today and I was talking about in that video, the relationship our kids have with the way that we eat and showing your kids that you're going to rigidly take an approach to dieting at the lowest calories by far, right? Because you enjoyed, you know, maybe your husband's birthday or something. I think that that's something that we all need to be thinking about a little bit more because, you know, if we look at why a lot of us are damaged, right? It's because of people that came before us that gave us a lot of bad messages that we're trying to undo with this process. And so this idea that you should go a little bit longer just to milk, what, one to two more pounds? It's just not worth it, right? And there are programs out there that will go three to four months, right? And they'll make you suffer. The more you suffer does not mean the more progress you make. It just meant you suffered for no reason, right? And we have the best system in that regard. And then people go, well, yeah, but you just said your system keeps changing. No, our system just keeps getting better, right? It, it's, it doesn't go back to sucking as bad as their system does, right? It's just a better approach to what we're already doing, right? And so I, I think that people, look, you have to realize that your relationship with food might be abusive, right? And you might actually like the struggle. You might actually, you know, I, I've said this many times before, you know, I, I hope people take this the way that I mean it, but you kind of want to be punished in a lot of instances. You want to feel like you did the hardest thing possible because you were kind of naughty, right? before. I know I felt that 1000% for 10 years. I wanted, I had these cycles where I was just like, you know what? I'm going to suffer as hard as I can because I kind of had that bad two years and then I'm going to be done and go back to normal and it never worked. And so I think that we have to sort of analyze why we want to do this in the first place, right? And why we're doing these things that don't inherently have kind of a love in uh, of yourself, right? In that process, right? Um, I believe it was Lee Peel that was the first person I ever heard that she'd never seen anyone hate themselves lean, um, or at the at the very least, hate themselves lean and then end up being okay, right? Because there are people that hate themselves lean but they still, they end up leaning and then they figure out that wasn't the problem. It was the fact that they hate themselves is the problem. If you're coming from a place of love, now all of a sudden you start to analyze, this is this abundant idea, right? This is this idea that as we move on to the other side of things, now we can sort of look down and see, okay, 
here's what I was doing. Here's what I was doing wrong. Let's have periods where I can analyze things. I was, I was going for a walk today and was talking about, you know, some big pictures ideas related to eat the perform. If I don't, if I'm on my computer and talking to people on Facebook, no big picture ideas come out of that, right? We we actually within eat the perform, and I know that some people have kind of moved away from it, but for the longest time, you know, we've set up most of the reviews so that Wednesdays you can think about big picture ideas. Um, both Becky and I are going to be laughing at that part because we don't really get Wednesdays off in that way, but we do try to find moments where we can have those kinds of ideas happen because that's the only way it really does happen. And that only really happens with that abundant mindset, right? So kind of keep that in mind as we go. All right, Carolyn, any other questions? Yep, I've got one last one. Um, Christine's asking, I see a lot of Facebook posts of people successfully losing 30 pounds or more during the first year of ETP. How is that done if you go through two fat loss cycles during the year, losing around 10 pounds each? Do you continue to lose after the fat loss cycle as well? Sadly, every person is different, right? Um, yes is the answer right? Where if you have a lot of fat to lose, um, as an example, you know, somebody comes to us at 250, 260 pounds, and it's a 5'2 female, 100%. We've seen scenarios where that person loses 30 pounds, they move to PR, they move, lose another 15, and then they lose another 25, right? So what is that? You know, 70 pounds, very common. Um, is it common for a 180 person to go to 120? No, right? And, and you need to know that. There's a lot of people out there that are going, I was my leanest at 120, so my goal is to go from 180 to 120. But they don't realize that they've gained 20 pounds of muscle since they were 18 years old. And so really their number needs to be closer to 150, right? And so um, kind of keep that in mind, but, but we've had people lose, you know, over a hundred pounds multiple times myself, you know, it took me two years to lose a hundred pounds and I'm not doing the, uh, you know, the funny part about what's going on with Eden Form right now and me doing, I'm, I'm doing the best version of Eden Form. The previous versions I did of each Perform is nowhere near as good as what I'm doing now. And then five years from now, we're going to be even better, right? And so that's what I say. I mean, we could really say, okay, let's build all this around the science. Well, the science of what people can eat, we don't know a lot of that yet, right? And so we're a little bit ahead. The data that we have is a little bit ahead of the science. And that's okay. That's how science changes, right? And, um, but, you know, I think that there's a lot of people out there that, you know, use science as a crutch or cherry pick the science and don't test the theories, right? That's the, once again, coming back to that abundant idea is that when you're using abundance in addition to deficits, now, all of a sudden, we can come up with better answers. 
And so it is person dependent. Um, I would say the biggest factor of why people don't lose weight is actually a good thing, right? Because what I see happening is people go through a fat loss cycle, right? Maybe they were over consuming, they go through a fat loss cycle and they lose, you know, 20, sometimes 30 pounds. But let's say 20, let's go 15 to 20. So the person loses 15, maybe the cane is not over consuming near as much as they thought. And then they go six to eight months. And in that six to eight months, they gain back about 10 pounds because they weren't being overly cautious or they were really kind of, you know, getting more involved in the process and feeling better about what they were doing. And then they start to realize, wait a second, I feel great in this 175 pound body. I don't feel like I need to lose 30 pounds. I know that I know, like I thought that I needed to lose 30 pounds to feel better, but now I'm 175 and I feel better. And I know it's not about the relationship with other people. It's really about the relationship with yourself. And so I think that that's the big change. But I think when you start to notice that the people around you are like, wow, you know, you seem confident in that bikini or you seem confident in that dress. Now, all of a sudden, we start to send ourselves signals that it's like, you know what? They're right. I do feel better. And now weight loss does not dominate who I am, right? It's the positivity that dominates who I am. And so um, I think it is person dependent. I think sometimes people can lose a little bit of focus. But that's okay because at the end of the day, we can get, we can help people reach any goal they want. But the goal that I'm happiest to help people reach is just being comfortable in their own body right now, right? If you're 260 pounds and you're not feeling 100% great, let's try and get you there as fast as possible because whatever goal you want to reach is going to be easier if. You, in those hard moments, love yourself. Because if you hate yourself in those hard moments, you're going to make some bad decisions. And those bad decisions don't always land you in a better place. But loving yourself often will. And at the very least, you lose, let's say you go down to 220, you love yourself in that moment. Love yourself enough to where You don't have to continue dieting or you don't have to continue working through societal norms and all this other type of stuff. You can actually just be comfortable with who you are and you can run a cycle where you're not dieting, even though, you know, you're maybe a little bit heavier than you would like. You know that eventually you can get there. That's the one thing that becomes obvious as you do this more is you realize that you can rinse and repeat it and have a lot of success. You kind of now understand that all the things that were overwhelming you, all the things that were confusing all those years, now all of a sudden when you add abundance, it allows you to kind of pick and understand things a little bit better. So 
appreciate everybody being here and hopefully this was helpful. I thought we had a lot of good questions, even though there was only, I think three of them. And um, we walked you through how the system works and hopefully that was enlightening for everybody. Talk to you later, bye now.